Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. Well, today we have the long-awaited debut, first time on the podcast, Craig Detweiler. How are you, sir? All right, all right. Glad to be here, Luke. I, first of all, I appreciate the Matthew McConaughey reference since I am in Austin. Thank you. I saw that. Um, <laughs> we, we originally were going to do a podcast a couple years ago at the Pepperdine Lectures where you used to work. Um, and I had to cancel, and I don't know if I ever told you, but I had to cancel because my wife ended up in the ER up in Calabasas for the night. Oh. And so I'm keeping my fingers pro- crossed that nothing happens to my wife's health now that you're on the docket today. I don't know if she's like sick of you and that's what caused <laughs> her to go to the hospital or what the correlation is. I, but. I, I've sickened people in the past, usually my students uh, rather than mm-hmm. maybe other people, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you made the decision to leave Pepperdine to go to uh, Seattle. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the new president of the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology. Mm -hmm. So uh, went from being a media professor to a seminary president and um, Mm -hmm. not necessarily (laughs) a normal path. but this is not necessarily a normal seminary, you know. We're we're it's not. we're trying to deal with, um, uh, you know, trying to create resilient leaders. Uh, there's a strong emphasis on personal health, a lot of strong emphasis on creativity, imagination, um, mm-hmm. and storytelling. So it was actually a good fit for me. Because you're a filmmaker, like that's you got storytelling in your genes. Well, that's it's it. In your so DNA. we might have psychologists here who are kind of saying talk about your story, but as a, a filmmaker, I might be talking about a character story, or as a documentarian, I might be trying to help people understand uh, what is the story that's kind of in front of them. So I'm kind of yep. doing that on a large scale uh, for this growing seminary. Well, as my my longtime dedicated listeners would know. Your current seminary is a former sponsor of the podcast, so I've always had good thoughts in my heart to them since they gave me money. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> is that is that a way of saying where's the money now? Yeah, well, come on back on, come on. Well, we can get you in their sponsorship. We can do another month for you. No, um, you're also friends with uh, Tony Jones. Indeed, we we ran together all the way back to seminary days. We went to Fuller Seminary together, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we actually were on the same um, flag football team. Really? And uh, so, can you we, give me the we, s- scouting report for Tony Jones as a flag football player? <laughs> well, he's he's very tricky. You know, he was always coming up oh. with some uh, with some plays to fake out the other team. So it wasn't just about you know operating mm-hmm. things uh, you know on a on a regular basis. But can you come up with a, a trick play that yeah. nobody sees coming? So so he's got the old man game. Uh, well, they, that was even as a young man. <laughs> So I, I know, know uh, <laughs> I don't know what his game might be today. Yeah, it's that that's a the uh, early onset adult uh, dad game. That's what that was. <laughs> so good for him. Now, we, I think we met at the uh, Devil Palooza podcast when Richard Beck, who had a book through Tony Jones and Fortress Press, and we were doing that event at Pepperdine. And I think we actually met uh, at that event. That is right. Uh, the devil came to Malibu. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess lived to tell about it. So um, yeah. uh, <laughs> perhaps those other things, whatever you recorded, that, that would be the only uh, maybe um, actual living document of that evening. Yeah, I, we only have selected audio from that for me to keep <laughs> my employment and my book deal. So other than that, I would be in big trouble. Um, okay, so 
we, I've tried to have you on. I don't know why we haven't had this podcast happen before, but your book came out. I got an email from the people at uh, Brazos, which is connected to our friends at Baker, and they're like, you got a book? And I said, let's definitely do this. And so I get a copy of your book, which it, is the actual title self, 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 selfies? Is it four selfs and then a selfie? Or what is the actual title? It's I'm just at the selfies. It's, uh, that, that, that's, that's a little bit of creativity, okay. saying okay. that we've got these multiple selves leading to this notion Ooh. of our selfies. So the actual title is selfies, searching for the image of God in a digital age. Okay, but the, the word self is on like five times. So if I get it confused and say it, I can't help myself. It's, it's just, fine. It's, That's okay. art direction. Art direction. It's, don't don't well, fall for the art direction. First of all, like, you know a ton about art. I, I, don't, I feel like on your bio to say, like, like art nerd or something, because I, I was not expecting to learn as much as it felt like it was like an intro to art class as well as a great book on selfies. Well, we're so quick to maybe condemn the selfie taker and say, oh, I can't believe how narcissistic people are. But I think about it, and it's like, well, what was Rembrandt doing, you know, mm-hmm. over and over and over? And we go to the art museum, and we say, wow, those self-portraits, they're so brilliant. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to help people understand that we've always been um, self-imaging people mm-hmm. in the same way that we're a reflection of a self-imaging God. And so I'm trying to connect it to a long history and realize selfies may be new, the ability to take your own portrait and distribute it far and wide – but the, the, the longing to express ourselves is really actually quite ancient. So you decided, you're writing a book, taking the pro side of selfies. And I know this is kind of uh, not your first book with the Baker Publishing family. Do they have other books in the work? Like maybe you taking the positive side of pollution or, smo- <laughs> or smoking maybe? Like, are those like the, the follow-up books? Well, the, the anti-selfie book, that one's so easy, right? Everybody, everybody can write that one. You write that one every yeah. day. Everybody wants to take a, a selfie stick and break it in two next time you see someone, mm-hmm. you know, at yeah. the Grand Canyon or whatever, turning their back to mm-hmm. the actual Grand Canyon. So mm-hmm. that one's easy. I wanted to do the harder work, which, which is I, to say, if everybody's doing this, is it because it's bad or is there something good? Is there a mm-hmm. divine impulse maybe residing on the other side? of yeah. the selfie phenomenon. Which, like, I respect that. Like, I respect your willingness. Let's, let's make this a hard book to write because people are not, like, pro-selfie on the typical person who's reading a uh, high-level book, such as the one you've written, is not going to be pro-selfie. And so I, I've liked that you, like, let's, let's make this hard. Now, a few things I think helped your cause. One, your, your statement that in 2015, more people died of selfies than sharks. As a sh- as a shark fan, I like this book because of that, and so that could be a subset of your readership of shark fans. <laughs> well, we've all known that person who veered a little too closely to the edge, right, yeah. and was uh, mm-hmm. just trying to get a little more in there, a little more in there, and then suddenly, boom! They're, right, they just literally dropped out of the frame and off the face of the earth. So Yeah, uh, which is you're not for people dying taking selfies. That's no. not No. No, and and in fact there's even I think uh, you know a whole discussion about these there's Russian daredevils who climb yes. to the top of buildings just to take dangerous selfies and to say look at me and it's like they're going to keep doing it until they fall off and then everybody's going to go what a fool that they did that for the sake of a selfie. 
but we were all giving them the hits and the likes and the retweets to make them do that. So let's not act like we're not all complicit in this. Because there's a big that's one of the points of the book, right? It's like we mm-hmm. love it, we hate it. It's us at our best and our worst, all at you, the same time. You filled us in on the rest of the story of a very popular, like hate on, uh, like teenage college girls taking selfies. There was a baseball game, and there was the shot of. Um, I don't know, like five sorority girls just taking selfies and the commentators, oh, this is what's wrong with the kids these days. And I don't know if I retweet, I probably did. And lo and behold, there's a rest of the story. (laughs) Well, they were actually told to take selfies by the stadium announcer. It was like a contest. It was like, hey, hey, post your selfies. We'll put them up on the big screen. So they invite everybody to do it. And then the cameraman finds these girls and starts wailing on them. Well, Well, they also were a sorority that was there. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres got a hold of the story, brought them on to their show, <laughs> and helped them raise money for their cause, which is the whole reason they were at the uh, baseball game to begin with. They, mm. they actually weren't that interested in the game. They were trying to raise money for a good cause and support their local charity. So, why, why do you think people like the commentators and myself are so quick to want to jump and make fun of these girls and say, oh, well, this is just what's wrong with kids these days, and this is what's wrong with phones? Why do, I, why, why do we want to do that? I actually think it's because we're not uh, used to uh, seeing people control their own image. Hmm. Um, For centuries, it's been mostly men, right? Artists, photographers, um, painters, directors, movie directors, TV directors, sports directors, who've decided how women were going to be portrayed. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. If you want to be a cheerleader, I'll take your picture. If you're going to dance for me, I'll take your picture. Well, now with selfies, they can take their own picture. And they, they don't need us to decide how they want mm. to be imaged. And so it's a power dynamic that is shifting. And we're not used to other people controlling their image. Wow. You, you connected this to a story of um, painters. Was it maybe the Renaissance where uh, they would paint a picture of a woman sans clothing, and then they would put a mirror in her hand and say, oh, you know, she's just so vain. When all along, the dude just wanted to paint a, a, a naked woman. <laughs> He's getting his rocks off, and he wants an excuse to yeah. say, well, I'm not guilty of, uh, you know, of leering, or, uh, you know, this isn't me as a, as a skeezy old man. Uh, this is about a woman who's in her private boudoir so self-obsessed by this mirror. And I think we've continued to kind of play that game, particularly with young people. Are, I don't know if there's some statistics to prove this, but are more selfies taken by women than by men? Um, there, uh, there is a general tendency that's a little stronger that way. Uh, and certainly the kind of selfies. So men, um, I actually looked at some stats on this. It's like men will take selfies after they've been working out and they feel all pumped up. Right. And so it's it's like, man, look at this. Look at this bicep. You know, look look at me. Um, They'll also take uh, pictures of themselves like in front of their car. Right. So it's like we have to have this other reason that's kind of a little bit literally pumped up to Mm -hmm. feel like, "Mm, look at me Hmm. in this moment. Um, And and women, I think it's a little more on the go, um, but it reflects that all of us want to present our best selves. And be judged according to maybe an idealized or even a projected uh, version of ourselves. Okay, so what does it say about guys if the pumped up look, like the post-gym pump that you've got going on, which um, 
as someone who's new to Instagram, one of the things that I think communicates that I do pray every once in a while is that I don't take pictures of myself working out. Like, I feel like that's the greatest <laughs> sign of spiritual formation in my life. I just don't do that. Um, but like the, the pumped up, like post-workout bicep that you've got going on or the car, what is it about like these sort of like pieces that we use to supplement our own idea? Why, why are guys doing that more than, than maybe females are stereotypically? Um, I think it we're I think we're maybe a little bit uncomfortable in our own skin, like our regular skin, like our un our, our unglorified hyper macho skin, mm-hmm. and 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 so I think women in that sense can kind of lead us a little bit into saying like you don't have to, you know, uh, I, I don't necessarily want <laughs> that 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 hyper-masculine, over-sexualized image. And, and, you know, we play the same game with women where they might be over-sexualizing themselves in a way um, that they think we want that maybe they're, in a sense, you know, lowering their, their own self-image and their own standing and how they're presenting themselves. So I think that the problem with the selfie game is that we're always kind of going for this perfect version of ourselves or idealized version of ourselves. And so it creates this Instagram creates this insta pressure of, Mm -hmm. of trying to live up to this um, idealized version of ourselves, which can be exhausting when we're trying to to be that all the time. Yeah. Uh, One of the people I work with, one of our uh, youth ministers told me that like, there's a stat for like every selfie that's posted. There's what, like 40, 80, other pictures that have been taken. And I saw someone made this great thing that if you're going to post a selfie, you need to say how many tries you took before you posted <laughs> one. Like this is selfie number 38 trying to get to this. Um, so when you're trying to say like, this is a good thing, like this is uh, a, a way for us to connect to like the image of God somehow isn't in this. Um, we can see how it's like abused. Help us to see how it can be a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it's interesting in the... Um Say the 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 Pilgrim days, the Puritan days. Uh, the Puritans were engaging in self reflection and diary keeping mm-hmm. as a way of deepening their spiritual life. It was like expected that you would write in your daily diary. Mm-hmm. Well, now a lot of people, I think, are, are doing kind of a daily me in mm-hmm. terms of a photo, right? Kind of a way of yeah. just saying, "This is me on the way to work. This is me, me at breakfast. This is me on the way to the gym. This is me." Uh, in class, this is me at home, this is me in the backyard, this is me cooking dinner, this is me on the grill. So we're documenting our daily lives, but we're maybe not taking the time to actually reflect upon it hmm. and, and sort of uh, doing maybe the spiritual self-assessment that comes with it. Hmm. And, and so the question is not just like, can we catch another like mountaintop high? Like I'm going to take a selfie of me on the mountaintop, look at what I just accomplished. Mm-hmm. But can we also take those selfies that are like, I was feeling really bad at this moment. I was feeling really confused. I had a lot of doubt. I had a lot of confusion. I had a lot of pain. I had a lot of angst. Um, can we be more honest with our selfies and, and check back in with our selfies as a way of kind of maybe getting a little perspective on where we are with God, with ourselves, hmm. and with our neighbor? You made the observation that uh, Rembrandt and Michelangelo depicted themselves as old, ugly, and no longer in control. Like the ideal during their painting, according to your book, was the 33-year-old man, but they are painting themselves anything but that. What do you think that says about them? Well, it's a certain bravery, right? To, to look at ourselves in the mirror and be like, 
am I who I want to be? Am I actually getting older? Am I actually losing a little hair here? Am I that gray? I, I don't, am I really? Um, it's okay to kind of deal with our mortality in that way. And a good self-portrait can do that. We can actually see ourselves and be like, mm, I've got some lines right there under my face. I'm not as young as I used to be. But then you can also then say, well, maybe I need to get into a different stage of life. Like, who am I supposed to be mentoring or who am I supposed to be giving back to? If I'm actually old, well, maybe then I actually am developing a little life experience where I can pour my life into somebody else. So um, selfies, if we're not always trying to give our youngest version or our most perfect version, they could be a, a chance to, to kind of own up uh, and, and even face our own mortality and what stage of life we're actually in. Okay, so my oldest daughter is nine. And so she doesn't have a phone, but eventually one day she will when it's an appropriate time, which I think is like 28. And um, <laughs> when, when she does get a phone and she says, okay, dad, she obviously knows how to take selfies already. But when, I, she, when mother and I decide it's time that you can have your own phone and you can have some sort of social media, how should I instruct her on this is how you should do selfies? What is it like a, some sort of like Christologically centered view, healthy self way of doing selfies yeah uh, that's a lot to put on a nine-year-old <laughs> well that's why she doesn't have a phone yet i mean she doesn't have to think of that um i think it's i think it's a question of asking people kind of what they're communicating through that selfie what are you trying to say what do you feel in that moment um uh, some could maybe even see selfies as a form of of prayer Right. It's sort of putting yourself out there and saying, like, this is who I am or this is who I want to be. And so rather than condemn that. Right. Particularly for young people, there's so much aspirational and, and identity, maybe even uh, anxiety around mm-hmm. selfies to if they, if they want to see themselves as beautiful, how tough to put yourself out there for a referendum. Yeah. And say, well, if I got 22 likes, well, then, may, and then maybe I'm almost loved. Mm-hmm. And if I had 25, then I'd really feel loved. To get into that game is really, uh, I don't know, it's just dangerous. It's, 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 it can be demeaning. Um, so to, I guess to, to, to work on um, expressing that love and appreciation for who they are before they start posting the selfies and even as they're posting the selfies. I saw that selfie you put out there today. You looked great or you looked worried or, or I'm not sure what how you looked, what do you think you were saying or showing in that moment? Really enter into that conversation with their social media. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm assuming some people are 20 minutes into this and they're still going, yeah, I don't buy this whole selfie being a good thing. Uh, it's still too much. Like, I, I, I like the idea of getting to, like, this is a prayerful, self-reflective, this is like a journal almost, which, side note, my wife does this thing where some company sends her a book of all the uh, Instagram posts that she's done. And so she's like she's literally telling the story of my daughters growing up, and so my my daughters have copies of this. And I was yesterday morning I was taking my youngest to school, and she was looking through the book, looking at when we went to Disney a year ago, and like it is this sort of like journal like you're describing. Uh, but one of the things I found in your book that kind of like turned the corner for me is that the technological advance of the mirror created the self portrait, and so the first self portrait I think was 1433 some. Jan van Eyck, is that the name? That's it. Okay. Excellent. Good Dutch there. Well, good, well done. Thank you. Thank you. I was real proud of that. So 1433, with the invention of the mirror, it changed not only the portrait, but who could 
have portraits made of them. It was kind of a democratization of the art. And so is, is that what we see with selfie? Like it's the democratization of like picture taking? Well, we've, we've never really seen everybody's ability to both record and distribute their own image. And I feel like some of the tension we're in now as a culture is because we've never been so close to our neighbor. We've never really mm. seen each other so frequently. Yeah. And, um, and I think there's a little bit of freaking out in that kind of people are in my face in, in a, a different way. And maybe people who aren't like me are in my space in a different way. So at a museum, you can kind of control it. You can kind of decide your own distance. But in social media, it's always coming at you. Um, and so I guess I hope if we can learn to dignify each other's selfie, maybe we can learn to be a little more civil towards each other in this kind of public square. Mm -hmm. What is the, what do you think the, when the average person posts a picture, they're putting the selfie on. We've talked about before of like, okay, if I get 22 likes and that means people will really love me. Um, you use the metaphor of narcissist versus echo and a lot of times, if those are the two options, if one, we end up loving ourselves, and the other option is like Echo, where we don't get that love that we want, and so we shrivel up and become just literally an echo of who we are, it seems like those are the, like, the main two options that we have for selfies. And I know you're trying to get us to a third option, but why do you think those are the two options that we seem to go into? Well, it's fascinating, isn't it, that the, that the Greeks were kind of dealing with this temptation mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that many years ago, even when they were just talking about looking at yourself in a pond, not a mirror, you know, not, not yeah. in a phone. Um, it is kind of who we are, right? Our tendency to be self-obsessed, self-absorbed will end up ultimately cutting us off from others. You know, as we seek uh, affirmation in the public square, we're probably going to be disappointed yeah. <laughs> in, in, in what happens. So, um, this third way is, is, is going back even further, right? To seeing ourselves as God sees us to being, um, recognizing ourselves as wondrous, uh, as glorious in, in God's sight, not easy to do, <clears throat> not easy to do. But if we don't do that work, then we put ourselves on this treadmill of affirmation seeking, that is really an exhausting thing to put ourselves and our, our, our teenagers on. Um, what would, if you're prescribing someone to get on Instagram, what is the goal, the healthy goal of what they're doing on Instagram? We're not going to be narcissists. We're not going to just stare at ourselves and use this to be like this, um, uh, social media slot machine where every time I post something, I'm hoping to get this sort of reward of likes and comments. And I'm not going to be echo where I'm not going to like withdraw because I don't get that and I don't get the affirmation. I, I, as someone who's been on Instagram for like a minute now, I'm still not really sure like what is a healthy <laughs> thing I'm trying to accomplish on there. Yeah. It, well, the rules of engagement for Instagram, I think, are about beauty. They're actually about kind of trying to create I don't know, almost perfect moments. Yeah. So I think it can be a medium of praise where you celebrate the, the glory of something in front of you, the wonder of something you encounter, uh, finding beauty amidst ashes or rubble. Mm -hmm. 
so it is a sacred, potentially a sacred way of seeing. The problem is if you only put kind of greatest hits up there, when everybody else encounters it, they're like, man, this, this person's life's perfect. Yeah. You know, and then you just feel like crap the more time that you actually spend mm-hmm. on social media. And, and you can, you know, Facebook envy is like a real phenomenon yeah, where yeah, you definitely. start to envy the other person's life. Um, I actually am maybe the first, uh, you know, professor, maybe the first adult to say, I think Snapchat is great. That, that, that's, I think young people found a healthy alternative that says, here I can let my hair down. Here I can be honest about who I am. Here, I, uh, I don't have to worry about my digital image following me forever. I like the idea of disappearing photos. I like the idea of just being honest or funny or rude or embarrassing. Just my goofy, imperfect self. And so I think that's a, a, a kind of a healthy correction to that uh, Instagram perfection. Hmm. So I've heard Instagram is like how pretty I am. Twitter is how smart I am. Facebook is... This is what I want my parents to know about me. <laughs> I don't. I, I've never Snapchatted, so I don't know about that. But I, I, I see the benefit of like the disappearing picture of it's not constant. Okay, give me feedback, give me affirmation, and it's more sharing. And it, it, maybe this is like the form of connection people have in this age, where it's it is a lot of the connection that people have is digital. Even though I think we all are aware of the limitations that digital community can and you know does have. Um, I, I'm still struggling. Like, I don't post selfies, and I don't know if I want to start posting selfies. But you're the one who wrote the book on them, and I'm trying to get you to talk me into it. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to talk you into it, and and I don't think we need we need more uh, selfies. You know, mm. um, I, what I what I'm inviting people into is more reflection upon their self their self imaging. Okay, um, and and not even selfie taking, but selfie making. Uh, I think we're in this weird crisis of identity as individuals and as a culture, Mm -hmm. and we're working it out in public via social media. And I want to give, I guess, permission for people to actually think more thoughtfully about it, to maybe understand that digital discipleship is a different way of of expressing our faith and caring for our neighbor than we've ever done before. And it's just we haven't had a language or even permission to say that could could my faith could Jesus have anything to do with any of this stuff or is it just complete fluff or complete self interest? No. Surely it's redeemable, right? I, I I find myself feeling like the person in you know the fifteen hundreds going, oh these self portraits they're just stupid like they're they're the worst <laughs> thing ever. And in hindsight, we're going to go, oh okay, this is how it moved the power away from just the the noble. Uh, nobility and you know the the influential people but like we all have an image that's worth seeing if anyone's gonna have an image everyone is um part of it is i see right now as social media sucks so much joy out of people like you've got this line about um in our attempt to always be happy we experience the opposite effect we rob ourselves of joy i feel like so much of it is robbing us of joy like people go on facebook and they're going to be more depressed afterwards the more time you're on your device the less likely you're to be happy the more more likely you're to be depressed um i think you're like the game you're playing is a better one than i'm playing the game you're playing is this is here to stay this is what's this is our world we've got to have a, a better idea about it i'm like the old uh, m night Shyamalan movie where it's like the village i'm just going to withdraw and have my own little <laughs> fort and no one's going to know where i am so I, like, I, I see what you're doing i'm just 
I'm I'm doubting Thomas going, okay, teach my unbelief. Yeah. Well, uh, you might be surprised. This would be interesting. If you start posting some different kinds of self-images, you might be surprised at how humanizing that can be for your congregation to see you in that way. Okay. Um, and, and to see you in your everyday life in a certain kind of way. It, it, it can actually maybe lower that barrier between us uh, who are, are trying to uh, maybe present a certain form or an edited version of our lives. Selfies can be a false version of our lives, yeah. but they could also be maybe a true and spontaneous uh, version as well. So, like, give me an example of of one that you've done. That I don't know if you if you follow a lot of. I, I well, I've, so I joined so I joined Instagram as as a result of all this, <laughs> and it was actually kind of fun and weird for my kids to watch me taking selfies, really, for the first time. And uh, watch me kind of fiddle with the angle and, yeah. you know, l- lifting up and trying to get my, you know, is my chin right or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, they kind of tripped out on that because I was actually stepping into their world a little bit. But by me just at least even understanding the rules of engagement of Instagram or Snapchat, it actually changed my relationship with them because they actually became the experts. Hmm. And it wasn't me kind of telling them about how things work and how things should be, but it was actually them saying, hmm. Um, yeah. Dad, your generation thinks we're just taking nude pictures on Snapchat. Like, how twisted is your generation that that's the way you think about this it, stuff? Yeah. You know? What does it say about you if that's where you're jumping to? Yeah, yeah. I've got a friend who's a couple years younger, and uh, like, she doesn't think I know how to take a like an appropriate selfie, so she grabs the phone out of my hand. Oh, this is how you do it. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> and I think my my uh, nine year old probably knows how to take a selfie better than me at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's something to that. Um, <laughs> But you're okay. You go back to like this is about the image of God finding that in you, and um, hi, okay. So you have this line: um, when we post silly or smart or even sexy pics, we are longing for God. And okay, so part of like understanding ourselves is that like selfies re- reveal part of who we are, and maybe we look deeper. The image of God is in that. But also the flip side of what you're saying is that it's a longing for God. Connect the dots on that. That desire to be desired, <laughs> mm. that, that, that longing to be liked and loved, which is the actual trigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the actual dopamine that is delivered by yeah, social yeah. media, right? What is behind that dopamine, right? You could say, well, that's our monkey brain, maybe, yeah. you know, that, that's, you know, we're just like pushing the button and just like responding to the little red button. But I think it's it's something much greater. You know, it's mm-hmm. that desire to be seen, that desire to be known, that desire to know I exist, my life matters, uh, other people are with me, I have community. Um, that's really behind the entire social media game. Yeah. And so how can I condemn that as a whole? I might say you're not going to maybe be satisfied. You're not going to find everything you're searching for there. So don't have false hopes or too much faith that you're putting in these i gods but don't condemn them for the 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 longing for just to be the 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 notion that you'd be liked Mm -hmm. or be loved or called beautiful or for someone to just simply say i like the i like your haircut i like that hairstyle you're looking good uh keep up the good work congrats like we just don't get enough thanks and congrats and affirmation in our daily life we just don't and so social media is one way 
that we are searching for a little bit of that connection that I think ultimately has to to be found in God. Yeah, two things. One, I appreciate your callback to your last book, which is a nice way to stay on brand. Uh, I got in there. Well done. <laughs> two, why do you think social media is more conducive for people to receive praise or, uh, hey, keep up the good work, proud of you, well done? How can we get more of that on social media than in, in normal conversations, normal life? I think we just don't see it in front of us. In other words, people are asking for it or hoping for it when they're literally standing right in front of us. And we may not be awake to that moment. And it just kind of slides by. Whereas with social media, it's actually controlled. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of see it and enter into it when you're ready. So you can almost receive that person's prayer or their longing or their hope you can you can it's 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 actually unvarnished it's actually right in front of you and so you can take a moment and and be more intentional uh and say the thing that you might have missed just in passing at church or at work or at school yeah it seems like we could learn something from social media to go hey social media trains us to usually give good words to people. Obviously, there's sometimes some trolling that happens. There's a lot of trolling that happens. Sure. But in terms of like, when you interact with someone who is an acquaintance of yours, I'm far more likely to say, hey, Craig, that looks great. Congratulations. Than I would because I've seen you like two times in person, maybe. I don't know. Right. Uh, but social media would like give me a venue to do that. And so it's almost like we could be trained by that uh, to do that more in normal discourse. And like we could be formed positively by that. You have a, a quote in the book by uh, Basil of Caesarea who says, God grants us divine image at birth, but only by practices do we resemble the likeness of God. So like we're born with the image of God, but like through spiritual disciplines and practices, we start to reveal the likeness of God. Give us some practices that would resemble the likeness of God for someone who's just trying to figure out social media or someone who's maybe been on it for a while but hasn't really thought of this as a way for their likeness of God to be accentuated? Mm. Um, I actually have assignments in the book, which mm-hmm. is really strange. I have selfie, uh, selfie of the week photos yeah. to take. And um, one thing I want to invite people to do is to be more honest with their selfies to uh, – express maybe some dark times, some blue times, some fears, some doubts, and to actually try to capture that in an image. Like, this is how I actually feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next generation, I think, has already been trained to always be, like, deliriously over the top, like, super happy. Like, I am more than a conqueror. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's just not daily life. And so there's a chance, I think to invite people into, um, I don't know, a more authentic version of ourselves and, and give them permission to bring their honest hurt and longing. Um, we know, it, you know the same game is played at church, right? Where it's like you put on your literal Sunday best and you want to, you know, hey, kids, you know, smile. Yeah. You're, you're going into church. And it's just like that is not <laughs> that's not the spiritual practice that we're trying to bring in, right? Mm. You're trying to bring in, in a sense, your worst self, yeah. and 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 allow God to heal that and meet that and and embrace that. So, can we do the same thing in social media? It's tricky. It's not easy, but I think that's part of the call. Yeah, I've, I've got a friend who I've seen on on occasion. She'll post a 
you know, this is first thing in the morning. This is exactly what I look like when I roll out of bed. And like, I think that brings a, an element of humanity that's not always seen. And like you're saying, like it discloses not just the facet of yourself that you want, like with your Sunday best, but this is, this is normal and it, it, it connects people. Yeah. The, and, and allows us to embrace our own fallenness, mm-hmm. you know, to, to just say, yeah, it's hard. It's hard out there. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice to, that's a good way to give people permission to deal with the adversity that life often throws at us. Um, since you've written a book about selfies, let me treat you as the expert and get some feedback. How many selfies are you allowed to take with your own book when you're promoting it? Like, what is the level of self-promotion that's appropriate? <laughs> is there a certain level? Like, every two posts? Three, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I try not to do, uh, yeah, more than about one a day. But, okay, uh, one a day. I can write that down. One a day. All yeah. right. Okay, I remember yeah. that. Um, so you're pro-selfie. Have you gotten so pro-selfie that you're also pro-duckface? <laughs> never, never, never. That will never happen. Okay. In fact, I think Duckface is already um, it is already peaked okay. and passed. I think we are we're beyond that as a people mm-hmm. into uh, into maybe something, hopefully something <laughs> a little healthier and a little more attractive. Yeah, let's hope so. There there are a few things that I find to be more enjoyable to watch than people taking selfies. That is always one of the best things there is. I took a lot of photos of people taking selfies as part of my research for the book. And um, it is a very strange thing. It's even <clears throat> taking a photo itself is a very strange thing because we are such an active people. And one of the only times we slow down is when we actually take a photo. Like you have sure. to kind of become, you have to stop. You have to literally freeze and look in one direction, which we never do in, in regular life. So it's actually the most, in some ways, the most false or canned moment possible in our daily life. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, but it's, I, again, I keep going back to the stuff about five, 600 years ago, when people started being able to do self-portraits, it changed everything. And this is another version of self-portraits. And even before we were doing self-portraits, you have, um, you referenced there's a, a, a line in the, the Renaissance where people would say that every painting is a self-portrait, right? Like the same, like there's a line in theology about like all theology, theology is autobiography. And so the sense of like our self understanding is worked in everything we do. And so while we might not be a fan of selfies, we're taking selfies in every other facet of our life, even if we don't want to connect the dots on it. That's it. And, and I'm trying to give the next generation permission to engage in a form of theological anthropology. Hmm. Now they're not going to read a book about theological anthropology. No. But they sure are working out who they are and whose they are. Mm. <laughs> and so that's what this book is, is a chance to say that that identity work that you're doing is really important. And I'm not going to cut it off by saying it's, it's selfish or it's narcissistic. I'm going to say it's actually necessary. And that maybe there's a positive side of narcissism, right? That healthy self-love that says, no, no. God is pleased with me. I am beautiful in, in, in God's sight. If more of us can get to that, then maybe there'll be a little less of the lashing out, the attacking, yeah. the incivility that is dogging all of us, right? And maybe some of those selfies that are um, most uh, unappreciated, the uh, bicep picture or the, the guy in front of his sports car or the ov- overly sexual picture, um, those don't need to be on the scene if people actually move past their shallow efforts to get someone to say you matter and move to the more substantial voice of God. 
That's it. That's it. So I'm calling us to our higher selfies. <laughs> I see what you did. If you was that another book title possibility? Your higher selfie. I just made it I've, up. I just. Are you kicking yourself? Because that definitely should have been in the book. Your higher <laughs> selfie. I feel like I should just use that as a title instead of selfies. Your higher selfie. I like that. I'm writing that down. Higher selfie. <laughs> Craig, th- you are well worth the wait. I mean, this is uh, everything I hoped it would be. You're, you're the podcast guest I dream you to be. So well done. Thank you, Craig. Hey, thank you, Luke. Keep up the great work. Love the work. Love the guests. Honored to be in that uh, company of uh, pretty amazing things. Well, I'm glad you finally got on board. And I hate that we couldn't do this in person. I was really disappointed when I heard that you're not going to be uh, down at Pepperdine next week. And I was hoping we could do this then. But alas, you're in Seattle. There'll be more. You come up to Seattle. If you're near Pike... Pike Place Market, you are near us okay. at the Seattle. Is that, We're right on the is water. Is that the, like the throwing the fish thing? Is that what that is? It is. It's throwing the fish okay. thing. Right. So... We're, we're making people fishers of men over there. They're, they're, they're tossing. I say that. So that's the work. I, I heard that in a Macklemore song once. Have you ever had Macklemore come to your school and do a lesson on rapping? The secret, the secret is, believe it or not, his office, his production studio, was actually used to be right next to us. Same really? warehouse, same district. How yes. funny. So don't tell anybody, though. He doesn't want people to know where he's hanging. Okay, out. well, I tried to get him on the podcast when he was down in Austin. I couldn't make it work. So maybe you can connect me with his people sometime. I'll see what I can do. All right, Craig, well done. Uh, The book is entitled Selfies, not self, 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 selfies. It's just selfies, and uh, it's available now. So well done, Craig. Thanks. Thanks, Luke. Peace. Love. Bye. Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.